welcome to the Dr. Dion Show, where real conversations about diversity matter. I'm an educator and consultant specializing in diversity and inclusion. In this show, I interview top experts and people like you and me, highlighting issues like race, gender, and disability. I'm here to create change, expand your understanding of what diversity means, and to continue the mission toward equality so that everyone has a fair shake. This show is not for the faint of heart, so put on your big girl and big boy pants and ride along. Hello and welcome to The Dr. Dion Show. I'm really excited today. I'm joined by somebody I have known for, how long has it been? About 30 years, Robert? That's right. Wow, wow, a long time. So please welcome Mr. Robert Esme. He is the founder of Air Blast Off Sports. We're gonna get into that and how, how that came about. But Robert is an Olympic champion. Olympic gold medalist for Canada, and um, and it's also called this quote unquote speed doctor. We're going to get into all that. Thanks so much for coming on today, Robert. It's my pleasure, Dion. Okay, cool. So, how did this all come about? Actually, first let's let's go, let's first let's, let's start off with your with your athletic career. I know you started off how we met. We used to run track together That's many right. moons ago. So, um, folks, she was fast. <laughs> Well, clearly not as fast as you, because uh, you won the gold medal. But anyway, but that's, I'm so proud of you. I'm so happy for all your accomplishments and what you're doing for um, the sport of track and field and other sports, it looks like, as well. So can you talk about Air Blast Off Sports? So um, originally, I stumbled into Air Blast Off. Um, I had a few people call me back in the about 20 years now. Can I train the kids? Can I get them into shape? I remember at the time I was living in a basement suite. Uh, it was big enough, I think, about a thousand square feet. So I had a little chubby athlete came over, a little wow. Italian. I call him spaghetti. <laughs> anything he couldn't even do a push-up. Just wire, just spaghetti, blah, just drop his weight, everything. Wow. And putting a little belt underneath his belly to help him with the pull-ups and the push-ups and stuff. And uh, he's, he's a soccer player. And the father, uh, Al, he's like, listen, man. I've got to get doing great in soccer. I'm like, listen, this is a difficult task, man. The guy can't even do one push-up. So I don't want to waste your time. I don't want to take all your money. I'm like, no, let's stick to it, man. We can do this. We can do this. So I said, okay, fine. If you want to spend that money and show up twice a week, no problem. So they came in the basement and show up twice a week and then live across from a school. So we did some playground stuff. And all of a sudden, it's started developing. Then I got into... A uh, kabaddi player, uh, cross between wrestling and rugby, came to me. I never uh, heard of kabaddi. What's it called? Kabaddi. Yeah, K-A-B-B-K-A-B-A-D-D-I. I've never heard of that. Wow. Sport. But little did I know, this sport in Surrey, they have over 10,000 people came out to come and watch. Wow. Amazing. <laughs> so I started work with him. He became the number one kabaddi player in North America. And wow. all of a sudden, I'm getting a whole stack of kabaddi players, a whole stack of uh, soccer players. Right I mean, now, the, that soccer player played um, with an Italian team and his brother. So they're still, his little brother's still involved in um, soccer in, in Europe. Uh-huh. So um, that's how it started. And then I went to the 97 World Championships, and I ran into Dr. Kelsick, Wilbur Kelsick. He was part of Team Canada. He was living in Vancouver at the time, and I'm living in Vancouver, and I was training with Coach Mike Murray. And he's like, we got to team up. we got to do some clinics and some workshops around the world. 
So we came back and a couple of years later, we started doing workshop in Australia, Austria, um, Greece, all over the place for teaching me to run. Amazing. And then um, I did the physical component of it. And then we do like workshops for physios, chiro chiropractors, and we tied in the movement of athletics with mm -hmm. the medical. And then everyone in the room was a doctor. Mm -hmm. Except for me. <laughs> and now the honorary called me the speed doctor in those clinics so oh. amongst my peers as doctors. Uh-huh. I love that. I love that. Yeah. So ever since then, I became the speed doctor. And I wanted to be able to give back to society in the format. Um, they don't have to be track and field. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be able to understand how the body works. Because in school, I wasn't that great at anatomy and all these other things. Uh -huh. I actually learned that when I left school and worked with Coach Mike Murray. Because before anything that ends in the ology, I used to be scared of because of the long work to begin with. Uh -huh. <laughs> My mom was a nurse. So every time she came home, she gave me the Webster Dictionary. And you know how big that is? The old uh -huh. school. Yes. She's got a medical one. Uh-huh. Right? And I have to go through and learn the words, learn how to spell them, put them in sentences. So I always hated it as a child. <laughs> so to make a long story short, with that speed doctor, I wanted to be able to give back to others who does not necessarily track and field based, but understand movement, understand sports. Mm -hmm. and, I, I did, and if you're going to do track and field, you're not going to make money. <laughs> to, uh, to yeah, money right? exactly. Yes, so, yes. I wanted to do something different than everyone else and then became in um, a design of all sport requires speed. Which, all, is a, which is huge. Right. And with that understanding, we have to understand the biomechanics of each sport and movement and go into that sport. At least I'm not a hockey player, but I understand all the mechanics and the moves with that. So I designed a program for that. Mm -hmm. so, I the so I don't teach you how to kick the ball. At the end of the day, I teach you how to be an athlete first. Yes. And then your specific discipline sport teach you the skills for that sport. I love that. That's the so, perfect marriage. So it's so it's laying the foundation and just um and um building up the fitness level, the strength, the core, the core work, that kind of stuff that is that transcends every sport. Exactly. And at the end of the day, those coaches don't have time to work on that piece. So I take care of all that piece mm -hmm. and all the training and the stuff that we design is to influence, improve, and enhance transferable into those other sports yes yes and um i looked at your stuff i mean you're no joke you have you've, you've trained uh successful professional soccer players yes. you've had athletes go on to the nfl yeah. you have collegiate um, athletes playing basketball in the states so you're, you're the real deal well almost i'm not quite there yet i'm working on uh, something with a pro team here for basketball we should, okay. have deal, we should have our deal in place next week and once we do i want to see how many guys i can take from there into the NBA. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's my next goal and step. And then a couple of the hockey players here, if I can get them into the NHL uh, with my explosive and agility stuff, uh -huh. the next goal for me is to take these guys into a, another pro league. Yes. As I haven't gone yet. Right? Well, well I love that. Well, the, well, we'll speak that into existence. I'm, sh I'm sure it's going to happen. <laughs> Thank you. Black guy. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. And so, so let's go back to the, the I, love, I love the fact that you called the, the, the child spaghetti, just yeah. used as an analogy. That's so it. I like the fact that you were not, um, you weren't afraid to take on somebody who was already quote unquote fit. Because, you know, I, I've coached track as well back in the day. And um, 
and 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 also a mom that that nice and I see coaches with the children and I run when I see a coach that just wants a ready-made athlete. They want someone who's already being successful. A, a good coach is someone that can take, take, take a child that is underdeveloped, find their gift, help them build up the self-esteem and the core and whatever, and then become successful. So, so um, kudos to you for, for doing that because it's, it's easy to, to jump on board and say, oh, this is, I'm, I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm this, this uh, athlete's coach after they've already been successful. Yeah. So, so what is it about you that people trust? That I'm a people's person. I'm honest. I give open communication, uh, dialogue, you know, and the fact that at the time when I was transitioning to finding the right coach, right, then I was, uh, Charlie Francis wanted to work with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan Pfaff wanted to work with me. I uh, wanted to work with Merlin Audie's coach in, in uh, Holland. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Mills in Jamaica, that Bolt's coach. And then I had Mike Murray in Vancouver. Those were the five coaches that potentially, uh, right? I wanted to work and I wanted to cut a couple other, one of them out, <laughs> a couple out, you know, from this side. Uh-huh. And then my top three coaches was Mr. Mills, uh, Merlin Adi coach, and Mike Murray. Uh-huh. So do I want to live in Europe at the time? Do I want to go to Jamaica at the time? All right? And Vancouver, which is still across the country. I have to speak with my mom and looking at the resume, um, I choose to go with Mike because Mike took athletes without talent and developed them into something great. Yes. I'm like, what would happen if I bring him some talent? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The other guys I'm had talent to work with. Yes. Right? And yeah. I guess because of that philosophy and that understanding, I'll enjoy working with people that doesn't have the ability mm-hmm. or may think they don't have the ability and develop them into great success. Um, because it, at the end of the day, I think what I do is pretty easy. Um, the challenge is, is the mindset piece. Uh-huh. They got to want it, right? I always call it the three Ps in that environment. They have to have a purpose, uh-huh. right? They have to have a plan, right? And they have to have passion. If they got passion, I can help with the other two. It's easy. Yes. If I come back and try to deal with the passion, I have more issues on my hand. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Passion, I can develop very quickly. Yes. They're dedicated, they're loyal, they're coachable, and they're, right? and they're able to go on the right path and knowing that there's a major plan. You're not going to get the success overnight, but give me four years. Yes. The philosophy is, for me, is when I'm working with athletes, if they're looking at global, I said, if you're looking at a global environment, it may take 10 people 10 years plus to make an Olympic. You'll give me four to six. Mm-hmm. But you have to be on my page and you have to be every step of the way because at the end of the day, only two people I know coach themselves to an Olympic gold medal. I'm one of them. And Sally Pearson is the second one that did it. I didn't it. know that. Olympic. Other than that, I haven't heard an athlete who coached themselves to an Olympic plus a gold medal. Did you really? Yeah, in 90, yeah, 96, I coached myself. I did not know that, Robert. Wow, congratulations. Uh, we have to clean house and fire a lot of people along the way. Uh-huh, I hear you. And that's, that's, that's a good thing to pivot when you need to. But one of the secret was I kept a diary ever since day one. I knew when I got injured, what I was doing when I got injured. So I had that blueprint. So when I went back to coach myself, I remove all the injury pieces, mm-hmm. and realign some of the other things into the program to make sure I got through that path safely. So all my athletes tell them to keep a diary. 
it's your blueprint. Absolutely. If you're ever around, you've got something to go back on. Yes. If you go down to college down in the States, you know what worked. If you got injured, you go back to your coach and you have a communication and say, listen, I did this, this, and every year I keep improving. Mm-hmm. Stagnant there. And yes, at times, there might be a bit of stagnant in there, but how do you out or get through that difficult, challenging piece? And when kids are developing between certain ages, they're going to be sometimes some stagnant area, but it is how you overcome that, knowing that at the end of the day, pound for pound, you're ready to go here. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. I said if Hussein Bolt could break world records every day, it would have happened. But that's the reality of our life and how we prepare our body. Mm-hmm. Having the parents on board and have that understanding is important because they want PBs every day. <laughs> every day. <laughs> and for, for those that don't know about the, the, the lingo, PB is personal best. That's right. Thank yes. you, Bob. <laughs> and so, and so, and so, I, I realize you do you do have that kind of uh, inclusive um, way of coaching. So you actually do incorporate parents into the into the fold and um, education. Can you talk about that a little more? Absolutely. So usually, the, for me, the first big piece is the first week of October. Mm-hmm. A lot of the practice is in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Lockdown. Everyone, parents must come in. Um, athletes must come in. And we talk about a one year. What was the year look like this year? What was the wins? What were the challenges that we have? And we take those challenges and put it on the forefront and we start designing a one-year plan. Mm-hmm. Within that one-year plan, there's a physical component of it, the psychological component of it, the, the mental side, all the social side. So there's different categories. And then we go in and we fill in those categories and we plug in those challenges at the main one. And what are we going to address throughout the year? Is it going to be an all-year thing? So uh, I find majority of the females are mentally weaker um, in the group. So I have to make sure their program year-round has a mental peace component from start and practice all the way to the end. So every two weeks, they get a motivational video. I that love that. Go through. Um, they get certain books they have to read throughout the year um, to work on that mental side. And as we go into competition, I know that little bit of bucket of mental drop of uh, analogies bi-weekly leads up into the championship time where now they can call on knowing that mentally I'm prepared. I you love that. People, you spit on the ground, you stare people down, you intimidate <laughs> call person versus short person because that happens in call rooms, right? Yeah. Or uh, in a championship mode. It's yeah. just the mentally strong is winning, Right. And at that time, I don't deal with the physical component. I'm dealing with 90% of it is all mental. That's right. For showtime. So tell tell me why in your experience, why women seem to be, the the girls seem to be weaker in terms of their their mental strength. I think maybe, and I'm not a doctor. You're the doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think I've seen a lot of young ladies who doesn't have their father, especially around, hmm. on a regular base, okay. has more mental challenges, right? Interesting. Like for me, my daughter, I get, she gets up in the morning and I said, baby, um, yeah, you look like Godzilla, but you're still beautiful to me, right? Um. Throughout the day, I send her messages <laughs> and let her know how important she is or how, what a gift she is to the world. But, mm-hmm. um, and then now she's reaching 15, thinks she's 21. So it's a challenge for me now to navigate through there to still find motivational factor, but she figured, oh, she doesn't realize I'm an Olympic champion, I'm, I'm her father and stuff. It's a different umbrella. That's so awesome. 
me coaching my daughter is a little bit difficult. So now I'm actually bringing another coach to give her another voice yes. to be able to get what I want. Yes. At the end of the day, so she can get a scholarship. Yes, right. And, like, you're just, and you're just dad, right? Forget about your accomplishments. You're just dad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you didn't know anything. <laughs> I can flip a switch. When I come in, I'm flipping four switches per day at least. Uh-huh. It's very difficult for a teenager to flip that switch and say, oh, he's my coach today. That's right. That's right. Dad. Right? right, and at a certain time, I'm telling I'm not your friend. I am your father first and mm-hmm. foremost. Yes, I will shake your foundation. But it's to be able to encourage those and give that positive feedback in a manner. Yes, and I, and I tell her, you know, you're beautiful. I take her once a week. I take her on a date. Right, oh, say, oh beautiful. Guy, if a guy doesn't do these things and open up door and stuff, he ain't gonna fly for me. Uh-huh. So you must understand what that is and. And I think those build those positive vibes and those dialogues, right? Yes. And she can share many things with me, things that I don't want to know, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> open, communi- open communication is everything. So I, I appreciate you sharing that. And while it's not, quote, unquote, scientific, but it's, it's, it's your, based upon your experiential knowledge, so, so there is some um, merit to it. Yeah. I work with girls, probably about 80 girls per year. So wow. I've got the database. Yes, yes. For the last 20 years to show. I hear you. So, so, so for the fathers listening, it's your, your love is important. Your attention is important to a, a young daughter, uh, actually as a, as, as, as a, a woman who loved my father, who was attentive, who was there, who was amazing. Um, I know what the beauty, the beauty, the beauty is of having, um, your father around. And in, in the event, some people don't have that, um, that, that gift, so to speak. Um, of course there's, there's still opportunities to still build up your self-esteem and become the person you want to be. But, um, but I appreciate you sharing that, um, your insights. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. Especially um, who doesn't have it, I go with the 5F system. Uh, first one is faith. Mm-hmm. Or different faith out there. Um, and your faith is what you believe in. Right? Mm-hmm. There's yep. no right and wrong. It's what is correct for one individual, what works for them. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, the second one is favors. We need favors in life to help to take it to the next level. Yep. Right? Um, the third one is, um, sorry, the second one is fear. Mm-hmm. Right. What is the motivational factor? What is calling, causing you to do what you do? Um, why are you doing what you do? Mm-hmm. Right. As I said, the third one would be favors. The fourth one is focus. Mm-hmm. Right. And the fifth one where we got some, a lot of people end up in is the frustration. Mm-hmm. Right. Why did I get hurt? What's going on here? And because you move away from that core, that faith, that foundation, that's the core. Yes. Right? It, it puts in a situation. I always call that God is humbling you right now, or you wanted to rethink and pause for a moment. I wanted to go back to your, 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 your core and says, okay, where do I need to go? Why am I doing wrong? It's yes. like a blueprint, right? Yes. And allow you to re and monitor and adjust to get back on the right path. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, I use that the 5F system in my training as well, especially with people who don't have certain things. And one thing we all can have, that's free is a faith. Yes. I love that. Right. And that, that, that core, that foundation. So um, you don't have the, the actual physical support because at the end of the day, we are God's child and he loves each one of us. Absolutely. And I think you need to write that book. It's coming. I, it's pretty much written. Now I got to, I need to clean up the verbiage and the languages. Uh-huh. And then, uh, I'm trying to get a ghostwriter to make sure I fulfill everything. And then it's done. Good. Yeah. It, it will do extremely well. I love that. I love that a lot. Thank you. Cool. Congratulations. That's awesome. By the word, pre-order, pre-order. <laughs> well, when, when it's published, I'll have you back on and we'll talk about it for sure. Thank you.
So, so one thing I wanted to talk about uh, as well is, and it was such a gift and an unexpected gift when we had that first conversation was the fact that you actually train um, children, adults with disabilities. That's right. Can, can you can you talk about that? You know, I always like to give back, and I'm always a student. Um, it doesn't matter what level you are, if you can't continue learning and teaching. Right, it's no. Then you might feel you know it all. You can't improve, including myself. Each year, my my clients give me feedback on how I did, um, on those individual people, and I see how I can make it better. When I'm dealing with a group aspect of it, it's challenging because at times I can have 120 athletes moving within a 15 minute window at the same time. Wow. Uh, most people can't do that. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, the average of my group is about 40 athletes on the go, within an hour session. Wow. my group session. So when I take the older one and I start crossover, you have about anywhere between 80 to 120 athletes moving. Amazing. So it's almost like a conducting and a symphony. Uh -huh. pieces. <laughs> uh, but within there, I had a challenges where I wanted to give back to the Special Olympians. And in my mind, it's just a title, Special Olympian. But to me, I see them as athletes. Mm -hmm. Just like us, they bleed, they train, they do all the other pieces like the regular able bodies. Yes. So I want to look at them as an athlete and how I can contribute. So um, Coach Deborah messaged me about a year ago and says, you know, you promised to come and work with my athletes and it's springtime. Is it possible? In my mind, I knew I'm moving back to Ontario and how am I going to do this with the commitment with my group already and the responsibility of my family, work and all that stuff and all the transition within less than nine months. Mm -hmm. so I said, let me drop by your practice because I'm a man of my word. Let me see what I'm working with and then I can give you feedback and be open and honest with you. So the first day I went and I think there was about 15 athletes show up and I was just go to observe. They're like, no, you're going to train today and work them out. I was like, oh. Wow. <laughs> I showed up and um, set the tone, introduced myself. They introduced themselves. I said, we're going to learn some things today. Um, you guys wanted to work on starts which was in my mind, I'm having special Olympians working on thought th starts. I don't know what their athletic abilities and all this stuff. I was scared, right? <laughs> uh, we learned some rhythm and some passing and some this and that and showed them how to take the pass properly and how to work in a unit and cohesively and then in a rhythm. And at the time, I, there was no music, so I had no convertible. So I popped the top down, dropped some reggae music to set the tone. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so, so is that the convertible with, with the Jamaican flag on the front? Uh, no, I got rid of that one because I have the keys, the kids. So um, it's a four-seater now. So Okay, um, okay. <laughs> that, that, that's coming. I got a rap design for that one. Uh-huh. The, the, the Maple Leafs, the Blue Jays, that's going to be a blue and white combination. Uh, nice enough. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So anyway, so we got the music going. And at the end of the day, I had such a wonderful time. And I had so much fun. And they had some fun. So I said, you know what? Um, I'm going to be honest. Right now, I run 12-hour days. And my woman works out of town. So I'm almost like um, a single parent on the go, balancing all the pieces. And my responsibility at work, because I have to make sure I'm fully staffed. And if not, I'm going to have to show up at work and cover yes. those shifts. Um, and then it's a difficult time with transition of staff. Mm -hmm. um, and especially this year, we had more transition than usual. And I said, well, you know, tell you what, um, give me at least 10 of these guys. I want to integrate them into my system. 
um, give me give me every Tuesday, and I start designing and revamping my workout based on knowing that they're gonna come in and change up that Tuesday look. Um, I know quite a few of them um, had the mental ability, the strong. Uh -huh. My current group has a lot more mental issues. Interesting. Wow. Right? So yep. with those guys, they're, they don't have too many mental challenges. It's more on the physical aspect because they're there to show up and want to try it, and they got the passion. Uh -huh. mm. so the other able-bodied, we know it was the opposite. Uh -huh. <laughs> so give me an opportunity to take them and infuse them into it and change the culture quickly within before championships. Amazing. So they came over, and half the Special Olympians rough up my able body. Really? <laughs> love. Push them. Yeah. I'm like, what? 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 So all of a sudden, after the end of that practice, I, I see the mood and the conversation. These guys are not Special Olympians. They're athletes. Mm. That's what I wanted to see. There you go. And now they're building friendship and relationship with them. Mm -hmm. And then as we went on, we got more advanced and more, because the Special Olympians didn't have the, the other athletes to challenge them on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. right? So now we have some able body at a different level, able to bring the game up to the next level. So we did that for about four months and I'm like, nope, you're gonna compete in this regular meet, forget about this Special Olympian nonsense. We're going in and I'm gonna call them and say, you're in the races. So I had them competing in the able body competition that's amazing. I never usually do it before. And they've got medals and they're getting some success from it. Oh, wow. And we celebrate that every Monday at practice. Uh -huh. We go around and tell their accomplishment, PBs or whatever. But at the end of the day, I said, if you can get a personal best, let's celebrate that. If you get a medal, that's icing in on the cake. Yes. Because I know when you go into the Special Olympic Championships, you guys are going to kill, the, kill them. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, overall, one of the big testers, we went to the Harry Jerome International. Uh -huh. They had 7,000 fans out there. They get to meet Andre DeGrasse and all the celebrities from around the place. They take uh -huh. photos. And it was their time to showcase in front of 7,000 people. Wow. And indeed... They showcase. Amazing. Clean up the medals, running cross. I'm running on the track with my camera. And they're winning. And, and a lot of them said they've never beat a whole bunch of these athletes before. They're on top of the podium. Well, right. they had the speed doctor, right? Yes, they got the speed doctor. <laughs> right. And we're celebrating and we're jumping on the track. I'm saying, what do you want to say to your mama, your fans? And, <laughs> and now we go back into practice and we take that and we celebrate that with all the athletes mm -hmm. from five and all the way above. And even my five-year-old them now wants to get medals. So I have to put them in competition and tell them to give them some medals. Yes. Well, right? And forget the lollipop. These guys want medals. Uh -huh. so, um, make a long story short, they just came back from the Canadian Championships in um, Nova Scotia. Uh -huh. and they came back with 23 medals. All personal best. Wow. Cleaned up the most for any program, for any Special Olympics across the country. And I was like, wow. And That's like, amazing. Yeah. So, um, and although I left Vancouver, I made sure they're still part of the program. Yes. And right now, They've actually learning agility combination mm -hmm. um, work that soccer players and different sports do. They learn to move the body in different directions now, and they're loving it. I love and, that. Uh, Coach Christine and the team out there, Stephen, they're doing a phenomenal job mm -hmm. and making sure that's livable. 
and Coach Deborah. So they're going to be integrated for the rest of their life within that program. I love that. So now, Robert, do you find it difficult to I'm – sure, I'm sure that the, the, the athletes um, with the disabilities, so to speak, that they had – they're probably excited to join in and be integrated. How yeah. did your existing athletes receive them? And I'm asking this question in the context of the fact that I think it's important – that we don't just throw away people who have disabilities. And whether it's on the track, whether it's in the workplace, there are ways that they can, they can, they can be integrated into different places. They can contribute, they're people, they're human beings, they're able-bodied people that can just, maybe have, they have some kind of challenges, but it doesn't mean that they, they can't do things and they don't, they, don't, they, don't, they don't deserve attention and love. So can you talk about that? Well, the rest of the athletes, as I said, loved it and they look forward. And the most important thing, they're building a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and they see them as athletes now. But I think it's the, the opportunity that one takes to allow them the opportunity to try. Yes. Which Absolutely. is the most important. And I think you need someone who's also patient enough to be able to um, adjust their way of thinking and figure a way how they can integrate both, both worlds. Um, luckily, I had Deborah and a couple other Special Olympic coaches with me because, as I said, I have a mass group, so mm-hmm. I need to move based on the majority of the group, right? Yes. So, um, based on, I always tell them, if the thing is not compliable for 90% of the athletes, I have to cut it out. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, um, if someone keeps getting fallback, I know I have other coaches can pick them up and walk them through that process because, yes... Um, a couple of the Special Olympians had a couple of challenges, but I knew I had help on the side yes. to still teach some of these stuff, and then they come right back into the mix of the fold with the majority. Um, but I think it was a great marriage, and I think they learned a lot. I think a um, few years before, I, I integrated um, a deaf person into the program. Oh, wow. And I was like, how am I going to make this work? But she had the passion. She had the goal. How did you make it work? Um, she brought in an interpreter. Wow. Um, and based on her, once again, her passion, her work ethics, mm-hmm. and her leadership, I thought it was going to be great for the group. Mm-hmm. In turn, she can get some, the competitiveness that she's looking for um, to get her into a lot more better health and in shape. Um, she was about 27, and I told her I need about nine months to make her back into her when she was 18, 19. And... By the time we're finishing nine months, she was running faster time than she was 18 to 21. All right. She, she got, I think, like, she put both her hands and it was all stripping down pure gold medals, records, right? Wow. Wow. And uh, within there, uh, one of the things that I wanted to integrate it was each week we had to learn a sign language. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the group has to memorize. And who can memorize the most over three months, get a Dr. Dre beat. Right, so they actually have to go home, take notes, and practice, That's right? awesome. and then try to communicate with her yes. and with the rest of the group. So I, I, I brought it in to allow us to continually grow, develop, and learn something new. Right, um, at different practices, we'll do, we'll wrap up either in Punjabi, Indian, Spanish, German, whatever languages another person speak. We try to learn a little bit of that languages, and hopefully one day they can take that introductory and actually take a class in it or a course in it and yes. take it as part of life to be able to help someone else. You are fantastic. Thank you. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm so impressed. I'm, I'm so 
I'm, I'm, I'm overjoyed because you, you are an Olympic champion again, and you are taking the time to not just teach athletics to, to athletes, but you're, you're teaching them life skills. Yeah. And um, how to be open and inclusive. And, and I, I love that. And that's all about diversity and, and um, embracing your peers. So I, I love what you're doing. Thank you. <laughs> my son, my, my baby son, his name is Nehemiah. Mm. He's like, um, why do you name me Nehemiah? He came from school and said, I want to know why. And I said, well, you came from the Bible. Mm -hmm. One of God's disciples. And your job is to help people. Mm -hmm. right? And you can ask him right now. He's very sensitive like his grandma. Mm. He doesn't like to see anybody get hurt. Um, you can't laugh at certain things around him because you cry, he gets upset. Uh -huh. uh, and he knows, Daddy, my, my name is to help people and change things. Because one day, I tell him, one day, you could be the next prime minister. And I'm preparing you for the potential of the next prime minister. Good for you. Why not? Yeah. And right now, he's also going to learn French. Mm -hmm. Because I think to be a prime minister, you need to be able to speak both of the languages. Yes. Right? I'm preparing it. And then he says, what about my middle name? I said, your middle name is very powerful, son. Um, your name is Lion, L-I-O-N. Uh -huh. And I've always liked Tiger Woods, mindset uh -huh. himself. And I, I feel that you can be better than Tiger Woods if you play golf. Mm -hmm. But I have a golfer, a putter in the house and all that stuff, trying to mimic and behave. <laughs> So I said to him, you know, Tiger Woods' mother is uh, from Thailand mm -hmm. and Tiger Woods' father is from the U.S., uh -huh. right? But the baddest earth animal is the lion. Mm. And you got to be very strategic. You got to plan and execute. You may not be the fastest, mm -hmm. but you'll be fastest at the right time. Yes, very so it's funny. Then he goes, uh, okay. So I said, if you play golf, you don't have to play golf. Uh-huh. Right? Mm -hmm. I want you to break all the tiger's record and you roar. And I said, I guarantee you, when you're on the 18th hole, the whole stadium will go. They're <laughs> gonna bring the lion out of you. And I said, the headline, win or lose. The lion roars. Oh, his competitor. Wow. So if I actually design a clothing line before he's born, and people buy some of the stuff, uh -huh. and it goes into his account. So I'm already teach him how to invest. No way. That's awesome. He's got more money than me. <laughs> <laughs> how, can, can, how can people get that? How do people get that? It's on the website where you click on and you click on in his clothing line. Okay, so tell us, tell us the name of the website. Airblastoff.com. Okay, click, click real fast before you the page goes away. I know. I'm gonna check it out. That's so, that's very sweet. All right. So he's got his own branded clothing in there. So everything sell a percentage go right into his account. Uh -huh. so that way we can build his brand, right, and yes. pay for his schooling and all that stuff. But still, at the end of the day, Daddy tell him he's not paying for his schooling. It's his job to make that's sure he's all age. I hear you. Get a scholarship. Uh huh. And that way, his money is taken care of, and I'll take that money and go buy myself a Porsche. Look at you, stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, like you have already said, you know, I'll, I'll pay for grad school. Buy his mama her Jaguar or something. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you talked about um, being close to signing a deal with Protein and um, all of your endeavors. So what, what are your long-term plans? What, where do you see yourself, let's say, five, ten years from now? What are the plans um, for Mr. Robert Esme to speak, oh, doctor? To have an option to retire my woman in about two years. Wow. Um, at least I have her at close to home because she works out of town. Because she travels a lot. Okay. Okay. 
that's a goal in the next two years. Uh, in the next five years is to give myself a chance to semi-retire. Mm -hmm. I don't think I'll ever retire because I love both things that I do. Um, so within the sports environment mm -hmm. is to develop the sports academy. Okay. The official speed doctor of the North. Mm -hmm. So everyone plugs into me. Yeah. And then I'll do workshop and stuff and while I have other people in place. Um, and so that's the next five years for the, the blast off uh, group. And then I have the medical side of the, uh, my vision. I manage an orthotics brace and footwear company in Vancouver. Nice. Uh, so right now we're just in negotiation to ownership one or two in Sudbury over the next five years. And that will allow me to give me my residual income for the rest of my life. I love that. Fantastic. And that's a need up here that we need as well. Um, there's competitors so uh -huh. in what I do. I'm the best at what I do, so I don't really see that as competitive. I see that as another source to be a resource for others in the community. I love that. I love that. Um, and uh, within there, um, hopefully we have our, our store up and running by May next year. Mm -hmm. and with both of them vibing. Um, the, uh, hopefully within five years, it both should be a uh, million-dollar stores. Amazing. So, so as you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in the States. So can people who are listening here in the States, can they benefit from, from your work? Do you, do you have like summer workshops? What, 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 how can people take advantage of, of your services? Um, we can do workshops, teach me to run. People who've never run before, some athletes, we can do the teach me to run workshop. Or if you want speed and agility combination workshop, we can do that. Um, once again, there's a budget to fly me in. Uh -huh. I'm also a motivational speaker. I do a lot of stuff for insurance companies, corporate uh, uh -huh. schools. I'll do that as well. I actually love that because I can work a couple of times in a month and I'm okay. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and I get to spend more time with my kids. Yes. Um, so me moving here is somewhat to slow my world down and spend more time with the family because sure. moving back is my mom's my number one concern. Mm -hmm. and the fact that I can cook and drop by her every well, two, three times a day Yes. Like, baby, like last day, she said, baby, I don't know what I want to cook. I said, cook for what? I'm here now. So I said, mm -hmm. what do you want to eat? I said, curry goat, done. All right, got the curry goat, seasoned that baby up last night. <laughs> I'm coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm cooking. I'm cooking some fried rice, some fried, uh, some fried plantain, uh -huh. and some nice um, kidney bean, not kidney bean, um, pigeon peas, rice and peas. Mm -hmm. I said, done. Yeah. <laughs> and then she gets to play with the kids. And now she's like, oh, she came by my house and said, oh, my TV's so small. All your TV's so big. I'm like, done. I just put up a big screen in her bedroom. Very so nice. Because she's at home. She got nothing else to do. Yeah. <laughs> but now she can watch her TV and her soap operas like I do, Young and the Restless. Hello. I watch it too. I, I tape it every day. That's right. PBR <laughs> when I'm busy. And that's my downtime, right? Yes. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's a way to kind of turn things off and just focus on something that's kind of I guess mindless, you can say. Yeah, but for me, it gave me an opportunity because I don't know how much longer I have with her. And my, in our philosophy, Jamaica, is twice a child, once an adult. That's right. right. And right now she's back in the child mode. So it's our job as kids to be there for her parents. Absolutely. Because at the end of the day, she's like, you're leaving your world in Vancouver for 22 years. I said, listen, that's no sacrifice for what you have done for me over the years. That's right. Yes, I'm leaving, no job, no whatever. But I said, God is give me gift where I can create my own future. Yes. So yes, it's scary. Yes, there's no money until start next week yeah. when my clientele start picks up. But I said, I'm blessed where I can build this very quickly within three months mm -hmm. and get an income for the family and start making the other decision. But I said, 
the most importantly, I'm here for you. I don't want to have no regrets. I want, I don't know if you're here for another six months. I don't know if you're here for another 10 years, but I want to be back here and to make sure I take care of you and see you daily. Your kids get to see you daily. Yes. And that's what it's about. And I, I, I love that. And um, I will say that I, I did the same thing and, and um, went from Atlanta up to Toronto and spent about eight months yeah. taking care of my mom before she passed. And I don't regret a minute of it. I was away from my husband for a while. He kept coming back and forth. My kids were, I don't know, I don't know how old they were, pretty young and I was still in grad school, but I don't regret a minute of it because you can look back and say, you know what? I was there for my parents. As you yeah. said, you know, they're there for you. So why can't you make that sacrifice and be there for them? So you are an amazing guy. You've always been a good guy. You've always been consistent, always been smiling. You look exactly the same. I don't know how that's possible. Just got a little bit more body. The dad bun, the dad bun. Oh, please, please. You look, your face, you look exactly the same. So it is so great to reconnect with you. I know we're connected on Facebook. We never really talked though, but nonetheless, I'm so glad that we're able to catch up and talk and have have you on the show. And uh, anything I can do to continue to support you, let me know, please. Thank you. And thank you everyone for listening. We love you. The Blast Off family. Follow us on Instagram. Here, Blast Off Sports. You'll see things that you haven't seen before. Blow your mind. Just remember, whenever you're watching me or listening to me, don't blink. You might miss it. <laughs> Thanks so much, Robert, for coming out today. Anytime. Have a great day. Okay, you too. Take care. Be beautiful. Bye-bye. Oh, thank you. Bye.